Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 34. A very special episode of the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast today. Today we are speaking to a very special guest all the way from Philadelphia. Today's podcast is going to be all about the Philadelphia 76ers and our Aussie superstar Ben Simmons. Today on the show we have Andrew Porter, all the way from Philadelphia. Andrew works for 94 WIP Sports Radio in Philadelphia. With me is Scotty. Hello everyone, and we're pretty excited about this one. I've been a Sixers fan for ever since the Sam Hinkie evolution, Sam uh, Hinkie. The, the actual process. Yep. So process. I endured the ten win season, uh, like every other Philly fan. Even though I was in Melbourne, Australia, but excited now. Fifty-two wins, second round of playoffs, huge future, and massive news for rookie of the year. Yeah, for look. For overseas fans, this is massive news for Australian sport. We're not kind of used to uh, an NBA player of that caliber from from Australia. We have no. obviously Andrew Bogut and Paddy Mills and yep. all those kind of guys. Um, but this is really big for Australia in general. Uh, and we're kind of on the celebration mode at the moment. Uh, Absolutely. We don't have the rookie debate here. No, no, no. <laughs> He's just a star and a rookie. Exactly right. So, look, we're really excited to chat to Andrew. I've been listening to Andrew's um, Pulse podcast and, and him on WIP for a number of years now, actually. So he's he's got a little bit of a similar mindset to myself. So I really wanted to reach out to him first uh, to have a chat. So really excited. We won't waste too much time. No, we're going to get Andrew on the line pretty soon. And um, hopefully for anyone in Philadelphia listening, hopefully you understand our accent. Yeah, for a start <laughs> off, g'day. <laughs> g'day, mate. <laughs> um, so look, thanks for everyone for listening. We'll get Andrew on the line now. We won't muck around. So let's get him on the line. And on the line, we have Andrew Porter from Philadelphia. How are you, Andrew? Good. What's going on, guys? Oh, we're doing great. It's uh, it's eight o'clock in the morning here in uh, Melbourne, Australia. Uh, I think it's around six p.m. your way. Yep, it's six p.m. Wow, it's nice. Eight a.m. And you guys got your coffees and everything ready to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, I'm on the. Oh, good day, by the way, uh, Andrew. My name's Grant. Um, I'm, I'm on the energy drink this morning because uh, yeah, it was a late <laughs> night last night. But uh, we're both sitting here in our uh, in our work clothes. I've driven over to Scotty's place to uh, to do the interview this morning, and then we all have to head off to work afterwards. But we really appreciate your time today. We're looking forward to this chat. Yeah, me too. This is cool. So, look, the obvious one, I guess, for Australian sport in general is the news yesterday of Ben Simmons uh, being announced Rookie of the Year. He's Just so you know, he's had a, a profound impact on Australian sports here. Uh, he obviously being Melbourne, the city where he was raised, uh, it's even it's even bigger. Uh, can you just discuss um, for us his first year and what we think is is a, a lot of untapped potential still to come? Yeah, um, you guys know me and you guys follow me, but for those who don't, um, so I, I work in Philly and like I... When we when I saw the opportunity that the Sixers had the opportunity to get the number one pick in that 2016 draft two years ago, um, obviously my attention turned to Ben Simmons, and I think that like what drew me to him first was the way he plays the game, which was similar. I, I played the game my whole life. I was obviously not as good as him. I'm only six foot, but I played at the at the high school level. Yeah. Um, 
And I was always taught to play by my father, you know, be unselfish, pass first. And, you know, it's not all about scoring. A lot of people that don't understand basketball think, you know, the object of the game is to score and that's all that matters, but that's not necessarily the case. So that's what drew me to Ben first. And then his story drew me to Ben first. Uh, Secondly, because his family, the way he's connected to his family, the Australian ties, which I thought was really unique, and the fact that he had so many doubters. Like, everybody couldn't wait to talk about his GPA. He didn't go to class. LSU's not winning. He can't shoot. Like, I don't know. I just heard a lot of that stuff. Where, where And I was like, like this kid is 6'10". He's, he's a freak athlete. He's he's can play pretty much any position. Um, and he's so unselfish. He can do everything at such a high level that if I if the Sixers draft him, I will make it my priority to defend Ben and to stand by him and to support him and to talk. And like, I'm going to like, if there's a stock in an athlete, I want to buy Ben Simmons a stock because at 21 years old, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's another 21 year old professional athlete in America that has the ceiling that Ben Simmons has. So, so there's no one like that speaks higher volumes about Ben than I do. And his first season did not disappoint. 15 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. He averaged only eight players in the M- in NBA history have hit those marks. It's only happened 16 times that kind of season. And the and the guys to do it are Oscar Robinson, Magic Johnson, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. You know the greatest players to ever play the game. And Ben put himself on that list year one right off the bat. Um, people will still question his jump shot. People are still questioning his foul shot. People are still questioning his motivation, which is just crazy to me because now I'm doubling down. Like, I can't wait for year two because he's going to work. He's going to put the work in. I know it. Yeah. Um, and he's got, a, he's got a great career ahead. And there's two things to that. It's a great point you mentioned <clears throat> about putting work in. Uh, 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 if people who actually follow Ben, which we do closely, and I know I do closely, um, you could tell, even with his injury, I mean, how many times did he tweet or Instagram where he's at 2 a.m. in a gym working his butt off? And I, and I knew this year there's no way he, he's getting tired. It, this is going to be a very unusual rookie coming through who's going to be so super fit. And it played out exactly like that. Yeah, I don't know that there's a better... Like, there's only one player in the NBA that guarded four positions 20% of the time, and that's Ben Simmons. Like, there's not a more versatile, athletic guy. Maybe the only guy that goes end-to-end faster than Ben is Russell Westbrook, but Ben's right there neck and neck. Like, And he's only 21, so his strength is still, you know, growing. He's not even – he's five, six, seven years away from his prime, which yeah. is incredibly exciting. Um, and, and like it's it's scary for the for the NBA and like people talk about his jump shot and how it's not great and how uh, it's something he needs to work on and then they say is he working on his jump shot and why can't he he just improve his jump shot why doesn't he work on his jump shot and I, it's not that easy like you can't just wake up one day and your jump shot is completely perfect uh, he, he improved his foul shooting in the playoffs and I think slowly but surely he will improve his jump shot but that's clearly not his priority it's not the it's not the most important part of his game he likes to do the other stuff and and that jump shot will come over time and look 
Exactly. And look, for me, what's not being discussed enough with Ben Simmons, and especially the talk after the Celtics series, because he he obviously got his wax. And look, my thought was, and I'm going to take the bias out of, because I understand I'm from Melbourne and, and we obviously would have a bias, but I still love the game and played the game myself. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's appreciated enough that that was his first year playing actual point guard, which is the hardest position in the NBA. I don't think that's talked about enough. I was not concerned after that Celtic series at all because I thought at some point it may it may come to a point where he struggles against a really good coach in a big series like a Celtics, how they play, but that would be a key learning development for him in his first year playing point guard. Yeah, I totally agree. And like people talk about the, how Ben quote unquote struggled in the playoffs. Well, that first, his first playoff series, he averaged basically a triple double and led his team to a five game series win without Joel Embiid. No one talks about that. Yeah. And Boston, Boston Celtics are arguably the best defensive team in the NBA. They're probably the best defensive, te- one of the better defensive teams in the Eastern conference. And they have a lot of big bodies that they threw on Ben Simmons, and they made it tough. Like, a lot of credit to Boston for how they defended Ben. And it's not like he was invisible. He still had average 14, 8, and 6. He still had his moments where he shined. Um, he did struggle for a large portion of that series. But if the Sixers were to have advanced and beaten Boston, and that's not an impossibility. A lot of those games were close. It was a five-game series, but the Sixers were in three or four of those games they would have played Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals, and Ben would have went right back to that same guy. Cleveland would have no answer for Ben. In April, they played the Cavs, and Ben had a a 30-point triple-double or something. or I don't know exactly what his numbers were, but him and LeBron went back and forth. The Sixers won the game, and and Ben was incredible. So I I think that that narrative would have slowly – you know, disappeared because he would have been much better against Cleveland and he would have been much better against Golden State. Who do, Those teams do not have those type of bodies to throw at him. Um, so it, it's kind of like the lasting memory is the way we, we react in the NBA. And the last thing we saw was Ben struggling against Boston. So that's what's, that's what's left on the tips of everyone's tongues. That's how America is. We react to the results. <laughs> But um, yeah, not the 16 game winning streak. Un- <laughs> yeah, it's pretty unfair to Ben. If you look at the whole season, he was clearly the best rookie, and it was clearly a historic rookie season. Man, I, I guess it's it's completely undeniable the the talent that Ben's got, and like you said, he's he's years away from his prime yet, and he's he's good now. I wanted to sort of ask you, Ben. What we know of Ben in Australia, I mean, he left Australia pretty um, pretty early, but growing up, he was like he's very close to his family. Um, his father and mother are, are both sort of well and truly still in his life. Um, I just wanted to to get your uh, opinion and, and an understanding from a Philadelphia local. What's Ben like off the court? Like, does he does he do much in the Philadelphia community? Um, is he sort of high profile off the court? What what's Ben kind of like as as an Aussie who is pretty proud Aussie, which we're absolutely wrapped about in this country. Um, as a proud Aussie, how's he fitting in with Philly? He's been in great. I mean, Philly's embraced him um, primarily because of like he's great on the floor, and that's what is most important with the fan base. But he is he has been um, he's a quiet kid, and that's not 
to his, you know, discredit. I think that a lot of people and that that's fine and that can help him. I mean, Chase Utley was a Philly here that was pretty quiet and liked to keep to himself and a, and a great worker and a great talent. And so he's one of the most beloved athletes to ever play here. So I think, I mean, Ben's young. He's only 21. He has, he's not tremendously vocal. Um, he likes to keep to himself. He hangs a lot out with his brother a lot, Sean, um, he, his parents are always at the game. They're very friendly. I've talked. I spoke with his dad once. Uh, they're always there. They're always supportive. He clearly has that strong, tight knit family, and he keeps that circle close. And and I'm okay with that. I think he's smart. His dad's smart. His family's smart. He's he's he, LeBron's kind of looking over him. He's in that same agency, so he has the right people in his corner. He has the total trajectory of a, of an NBA star. He's got Rookie of the Year on his label. He's got good people in his corner. He should have been an all-star last year, in my opinion. He will be next season, without a doubt. And and he kind of lets Joel Embiid take that take that brand in Philly, where it's like the the, the boisterous personality. And Ben Ben's okay with for now, at least. He's okay with being the guy, you know, in the background and just kind of you know does his business quietly. And and I respect that. So let's now move on to the Sixers in general and bear with me for a second. I'm going to give you a little bit of Australian rules football history this, this, here. This one, you, you might need to have a listen to this one. This is a bit, a bit of Aussie rules history. And, and, and this might excite you. So look, the team that um, in Australian rules football, the team that Ben actually follows is a, is a team called Essendon, who we actually follow as well. They, okay. So there is an analogy here. You'll get it in the end. They they have a they have a famous history in I'd say the around the 2000 period and the 80s period where they were they were labelled what they call the baby bombers so the bombers is like the sixes their their nickname kind of so right what had happened is that we drafted a whole lot of young talent and we nurtured them developed them we didn't look for any big trades. And they became basically a, a, a superpower, kind of a powerful team that won mm-hmm. championships. And, and they're famous for that tag, the Baby Bombers. And, and we've been discussing, myself and Grant, about the whole LeBron, all the talk about Kyrie. And we have this little notion in the back of our mind and said, it still would be fantastic if the Sixers kept their young core, who... I think are only at about 50% of their potential. I mean, Fultz is probably only 20%. I think people are going to get very surprised at Marco Fultz next year uh, and then Bede now fit. Do you see, uh, I guess, a similar outlook for the Sixers that if they can keep their young core, the importance of bringing a star maybe not as big if they can get the right pieces around them as far as shooting um, because there's there's literally stars there. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree, and I don't know if it's because like I want to I want to support these guys and I want to be proven right, <laughs> but like I I truly don't think that people realize how good Ben and Joel in particular are going to be, and how early in their careers it is for them. Like, it's only year two for Ben and Joel. Year one was 52 wins in one playoff series, which is such an anomaly in the NBA. It takes a, a while for some players to get going. Kawhi Leonard, who is a you know top five player, has been mentioned a lot in trade rumors, it, it took him four years to average 20 points a game. Same thing for Jimmy Butler. It took Steph Curry a few years to get going. I mean, it, it takes guys a while. 
it hasn't taken Ben a while. It hasn't taken Joel a while. Um, you know, if Markel Fultz comes along, you see what Dario has done in year two. I, I love this core, and it would it would honestly hurt me to see them broken up because just just I think their potential is so exciting. And I understand the notion of the NBA, and the object is to get star players. And if the Sixers can get LeBron James or Kawhi Leonard or you know who had Paul George, if you will, th- th- they'll certainly do that from a business standpoint and from a team perspective. Yeah. It would help them. Um, from my perspective as a fan, I'm kind of hoping that they're forced to run this thing back with the core four guys and, and Dario Fultz and Bede and Simmons. And I just want to see where it, where it'll take them because um, I truly think Ben and Ben and Joel are already uh, top 15 to top 20 players in the NBA. So potentially, you know, I, I don't know what their ceiling is for next season, but the sky's the limit. Joel didn't even play back-to-back games until you know post January 1st last year so he's got a full season where he's going to be conditioned and playing back-to-back games he's he's arguably the best defensive player in the NBA already Ben is arguably the best defensive point guard in the NBA already if he just increases his numbers slightly you're looking at a 17 and 8 and 8 guy it's just the sky is really the limit for these guys and then you throw in Markel and, and if he reaches half of his potential you, you have three guys right there, and then you had Dario in the mix, who just does it all for you. Uh, I, I just I love their core. I love the way it's built, and I would it, it would hurt it would hurt me to see one of them sacrificed for for something else at this point. But yeah. maybe that's a bias. <laughs> it could very well. But on, on one of your, your most recent podcasts, I, I heard you make a very scary statement that <laughs> you wouldn't tra- uh, trade Dario Saric for Michael Jordan in his prime. Um, I, I sincerely hope that was tongue yeah. in cheek. We we love Dario. Drug, but... drug testing is serious in Australia. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're, uh... <laughs> it's partially tongue in cheek, but yeah, I think yeah. I'm, like the point. The point I'm trying to make is that like, at, at what point does it become for a fan? Right? Like I, I'm yeah. a fan. I'm not a general manager. I'm not the team's GM or the team's president or the coach for that matter. I'm I'm just as a Sixers fan. At what, at what what's your goal right is it just to win championships or is it to have the most fun possible and for me i'd almost rather lose with these guys just because of everything we've been through than to win a championship with everything else i want to see these guys fail and if they lose in the second round next year or they lose in the eastern conference finals in two years but they lose in the nba finals to the warriors i'm okay with that because it, for me, that's part of the whole process. It's the fun of it. It's, it. It maximizes my fun as a sports fan. You know, any team can go get LeBron James right now. The Heat, the, the theoretically, the Heat or the Sixers or the Lakers or the, Lakers or the yeah. Cavs. You know, any team can get LeBron and, and win a championship, and that's that's fun. I'm sure that's fun, but ultimately, when it what it matters is the journey, right? Because a lot of teams win a championship. What what's the, what does it really matter in the end? In 20 years, when we look back, well, there's a there'll be a lot of champions, but for a team to do what the Sixers have done and, and tear this down and you have the debates and the arguing and the players and these young guys, the process, and, yeah. you know, like Dario. Yeah. The process Dario's come right from Croatia. He promised the city he'd be here and he, he kind of entangled himself to the fan base and he plays with that Philly mentality and he really is beloved here. And it's, it's a cool story and seeing him wear like a Spurs Jersey just strikes me the wrong way. So, that's kind of what I mean when I say it. Obviously, I don't think he's as good as Michael Jordan in his prime, but I just want to—I want to see these guys get to the top on their own. I mean, I'd hundred percent agree with you there. There's a there's a bit of a culture in Aussie rules football here that we haven't sort of taken up that mantle of 
players going from one club to another as regularly. Someone like Mario Bellinelli has been to a number of different clubs and JJ Redick, you can get a three-pointer, um, three-point shooter for hire, so to speak, on one right. year to your contract sense and stuff. So in Aussie rules, you're pretty much where you drafted to, as a rule, you pretty much stay there for your entire career through the good times and the bad. And I, I, I love that about Australian rules football. What it, what it does for me is that it allows people to grow as legends of the club. Like you don't, you don't have to try and bring in LeBron to what you were saying before, just to win a championship because it puts bums on seats and it, it gets um, jersey sales and all that sort of stuff. I'd really love to see um, Joel and um, Ben and uh, Markel Fultz and all of these young guys play the vast majority of their career at Philly and do what Scotty was saying before, become those baby bombers in putting the process in. The Philly Philly fans and Philly as a, as a city have waited for this club. I say keep the core of this club together. Don't if I mean, if we can get Kawhi Leonard for a half-decent price, then great. If we can get Paul George, I think he would be a massive addition to the club. But I don't think we should do it at the risk of giving up Markel or um, or somebody like that. I'd, I'd really agree with you. I'd really like to see the Philadelphia 76ers have players that are playing for eight, 10 years if we can get them at Philly so that you can start putting jerseys up in the ceiling. You can put faces on the wall um, uh, in, in Philly Stadium. So I just I, I really want to see them keep the, the core of this club together because I think they're, they're in a window to win a, a championship. It just, it's whether or not the Philly management want one in the next one to two years or whether or not they're willing to let Ben grow, they're willing to let Joel grow, Dario grow, um, uh, Zaire Smith, see what he can do, and, and really make the, the team that they picked and that they selected win the championship, as opposed to trying to just get one in the next two years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's like, if they go out and do sign LeBron James, um, who's to say that guarantees them a championship? They still have to go and beat Golden State and then... Let's say two seasons go by and they and they don't get a championship, and now LeBron's thirty six, and yeah. you had to sacrifice Dario Saric because you couldn't afford him, and and then and now you have to, and LeBron leaves, and you're stuck, and you lost Dario, and maybe you can't afford another guy because of LeBron, or maybe LeBron forces you to bring in a, a player that he likes, like a J.R. Smith or a Kyle Korver. I don't know exactly what happens, but. You know, it's not like LeBron is leaving these teams in, in great situations. And I love LeBron James. I really do. And I, can, I root for him. I've rooted for him my whole career, largely because he is similar stylistically to Ben and the way he plays the game. I like him uh, unselfish on and off the floor. But that said, it doesn't guarantee you anything because of Golden State. And maybe the Sixers window is after Golden State and, and after they break up. And, you know, because they're not going to be there forever. Durant and, and Steph are 30, and Clay and Draymond need new contracts soon. So. You know, the Sixers have a long window here, like you said. Ben is 21. Markel is 19 or 20. Markel 20, just turned 20 yeah. years old. So, like, I mean, theoretically, if these two guys play their entire careers in Philly, which is becoming less likely in the NBA, but even if they if they reach their, you know, let's say they play eight seasons in Philly, I mean, the, the window is just incredibly, incredibly wide and long, and I think it's exciting from a Sixers fan's perspective, and, and it gives the city some excitement so I, i'm with you i don't think it's like this summer some fans are making it out to be it's end all be all you got to get a star and it'd be cool if they got a star and i'd be on board but um I, I don't think it's like 
if the Sixers shouldn't be begging anybody to come to Philadelphia. They should want to come. You know? oh, yeah, if they don't, then they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Now, look, me following the Sixers the last five years, one thing I've learned very, very quickly, it's it's never boring following <laughs> following this team. And, and with recent GM... Issues, issues. I'll say, uh, <laughs> and 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 even on draft night, I mean, Mikael Bridges, uh, the whole his mum and in HR and and it's it's a it's a it's in a weird way from afar because it, it's a fun team to watch because you never know what you're going to expect each week. Uh, how how did you see the draft play out? Where eventually they got Zaire Smith, uh, I think Shamet and Milton. Yeah, it was it was a wild night. I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to be like finally you have your 52 wins, and I thought they would just play it safe and and you know keep things quiet. They they have a, a GM and Brett Brown has never been a GM before, so I was like, ah, it'll be a relatively quiet night. They drafted <laughs> Michael Bridges, which was expected, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, here we go again. They're making headlines now, making trades, and, and I get the trade from a from a uh, value perspective it does you know it nets you that big 2021 unprotected first round pick which is a big asset yeah i don't know there remains to be seen how they'll use it uh, i was just excited about michael bridges in terms of him fitting into the roster right away and helping them offensively right away next year zaire yeah. smith is more of a project he's a, he's a really exciting defensive prospect but i don't know how much he helps them next season so as it stands right now you have no jj reddick's you know reddick didn't resign yet i think they will resign him but as of right now you don't have jj reddick your bench is getting you know stuffed up by a lot of young guys who aren't anything special justin anderson tlc you know Kirkon Korkmaz, we'll see jonah bolden we'll see so your bench is like kind of filled up and you didn't really get much better yet so i, I don't know that's why i was excited about michael he could have fit in and he would have been great alongside Ben. He could he can guard any position and he could hit threes. So it just made sense to me. Um, I understand what they're doing. I, I like Zaire Smith, the person. We'll see if he ever reaches his ceiling. Now, in sort of legendary legend tale in Australian basketball, you have a guy called Dave Simmons playing off against a guy called Bruce Bolden. Uh, so both have sons, and we're now wondering where Jonah Bolden now fits into the whole scenario, um, I guess playing along with his friend Ben Simmons. Uh, is there much talk yet if he's coming over? Because on social media, you get the sense Jonah thinks he's coming over. Yeah, it feels like he is, right? Like he keeps tweeting and posting little like eyes emoji and he's hinting at the fact that he's coming. And I think it makes sense from a team's perspective to add him to the roster as soon you know when he's ready, I think he can contribute right away. I don't know to what capacity, but I, I do think him and both Furkan Korkmaz, assuming he's healthy, are two guys that no one's really thinking about. Now they're not going to give you anything significant right away, but they're both young and they're athletic and versatile, and they kind of do everything you want for yeah. you know today's modern NBA game. So Bolden's a really interesting prospect. He's like. He's like a, he's similar to Ben's size, but he can do a lot of things um, for a player his size. So uh, yeah. I'm interested to see him, especially in summer league. Summer league's coming up, so I don't know if if him and Furkan are going to play in summer league. But but that would be something to watch for. They should have an exciting summer league roster. Yeah, exactly. Can I just ask? We'll, we'll wrap it up fairly soon. 
Brett Brown, um, to me, has had an astonishing year and, and a really an amazing career so far with the Sixers. Can you just discuss his impact to the city of Philadelphia, to the culture he's brought to the Sixers and how you see it firsthand uh, being being a local? I don't. I don't know that there's a better guy to run the, an organization in, in in the NBA than Brett Brown. The way what he's done in Philadelphia has been absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, some of the fans react to in-game decisions and you know a, a playoff series loss and, and this and that. But I just think that's that's looking at it very micro. If, if you if you holistically look at what he's built from five years out, and you, you zoom out a little bit, uh, he's built a program that you have a top ranked training facility in the NBA. You have the use of analytics best in best in the NBA or one of the best in the NBA. You have a defined program that's focused on pace, space, and defense. All of which the Sixers ranked top five in all of those categories last season, which is incredible. And those are the most important categories in, in modern-day NBA. You see it with Golden State, with San Antonio, and Brett Brown has completely adapted that uh, already. And, he, and he's made that a point since he's gotten here. Um, he's improved percentages on a lot of guys shooting. You know, even back to Nerland Noel, who's now uh, a reliable foul shooter, which was unheard of coming out of Kentucky. And I think he'll do the same with Ben. You know, he I haven't heard a bad word said about him. Um, all the players respect him. All the players like him. Ben mentioned him in his Rookie of the Year um, speech last night. He, you listen to guys like J.J. Redick, who said that they signed in Philly because of Brett Brown. He's well-respected around the league. He learned from Greg Popovich. He learned from his time in Australia. Um, it's just, I can't say enough about Brett Brown. He gets a little bit of, I, I don't know that he's as much appreciated in Philly as he should be, but I, I, I don't need him to win a championship for me to say that he's a great coach he's already a great basketball mind it's just a matter of time until he wins a championship in my opinion uh i i feel the same way and i actually find him one of the most entertaining people to listen to i i love uh he's one person i i always after after a match or after a game I, I really want to listen to speak about the game or even before. I think he speaks about the game and thinks about the game so well. And how he talks about people and the respect he has for people, I can see why the young players have so much love for him. And, and, and you saw that imagery of him you know, throwing the drinks over him after the Miami uh, series. It, you could just see the bond and you went, dude, this is a... This is a group really going places, and if I was a, a local in Philly, I'd be so excited with Brett sort of leading yeah. this group. Yeah, he's he's brutally honest too in the, in his press conference. So much sometimes I'm almost like, all right, like don't tell him too much, Brett. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's telling him a lot of stuff <laughs> going on, but he's he's pretty awesome. He's very friendly too. He'll talk to the media. He'll hang out. He's just a genuinely good guy. Yeah, exactly. Look, we'll we'll wrap things up. But I just wanted to say, uh, when we discussed Philadelphia, I went to Philadelphia about four years ago myself. It was actually pretty much my favorite city. Uh, it surprised the heck out of me. So uh, I think I had a, uh, a warped view of Philly. I felt it was going to be very hard-nosed, sort of gray, gritty. And in some ways it is as far as a culture, but I, I couldn't believe how pretty the city was. And I was like, oh, wow, this city is amazing. And we... 
in Australia, I'm already thinking, even in Melbourne, it feels like almost Philly's a bit of a sister city to us because we're... If, to understand Melbourne, you have to know it's so sports crazy uh, that when we identify so much with the with Philadelphia as a city, uh, so and the history too. I mean, the history of of, of of sporting teams in the in the city and and the culture of winning and and that sort of stuff. So yeah, Philly and Melbourne definitely um, very similar in that way. So yeah, I just wanted to say I know some Philly fans will probably end up listening to this. We love your city. Um, we're we're pretty much a city that follows the Sixers nearly every game. We we have all the Sixers games on our on our cable TV and and NBA TVs. And um, yeah, we we're we're just so excited and and we just want to again just thank you so much for coming on the the podcast. Uh, I'll keep listening to Pulse of Philly. I love the show, <laughs> so it's on my subscribe list. So. Uh, uh, I really appreciate it. Awesome, guys. Yeah. Thank you. I think that's like the cool part of this whole thing, too, is that um, there's like this connection between Philadelphia and Australia now because of Ben Simmons. And like we've, I've honestly, like, like Australia and the World Cup, I'm rooting for them because of Ben. And when Ben's in the Olympics and he plays for Australia, I'll be rooting for Australia, you know? And like there's that, there's that bond that he's created between the two cities, which is, which is really cool. And you, you've seen that with, like, uh, Carson Wentz did it with North Dakota as well. And, yeah. and that that happens in sports in America a lot. And that, that's pretty cool to, to see it, to Ben transcend it internationally. And that, it just shows the power of sports, the power of, of the NBA. Yeah. And um, I got I to gotta get myself to Melbourne in the next coming few years. That would be pretty fun. Absolutely, Well, we'll, we'll hook us up. We'll show you around the city. Absolutely, we'll show you all <laughs> yeah. around the city. Uh, awesome. We know, some good, uh, we know some good sports people that can help you out. Cool. Uh, look, thanks again. Look, cool. It was just announced, actually, not long ago in Australia that our championship-winning team in Australia, bas- in basketball, the Melbourne Tigers, are actually going to play the Sixers in the preseason. Oh, that's cool. So, um, that's, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, so the, the Melbourne Tigers here won the championship, which Ben's dad played for. So that's pretty exciting. So right. I reckon Ben would be and Dave would be wrapped about that. Uh, thank you so is much. Is that game going to be in Philly? Did they yeah, say? it's in. I believe so. I believe so. So that'd be. I'm tempted to go over myself. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, trust me. Scott and I are trying to trying to see how the hell we can get over there for that game. <laughs> but yeah, uh, let me know. I'll get you guys credentials. My, uh, that, that would be brilliant. <laughs> but thanks again so much. Uh, oh, hopefully some exciting, more exciting news to come with the free agency. We'll see how it plays out. But thank you for your time, and we'll say goodbye now, I guess. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We'll do this again soon, hopefully. Yeah, thank man, this so will be really cool. I, I just, wanted, just wanted to give uh, Andrew another quick plug. It's 94 WOP Sports Radio in Philadelphia. Um, I, I guess if I'm talking to Americans right now you have, and people from Philly, you absolutely know what I'm talking about. But also for Australian fans as well, get onto his podcast because um, the the market for uh, basketball in Australia is growing every year. Um, ben is absolutely um, blowing that uh, out of all proportions in Australia. So any of our Australian listeners to get onto uh, Andrew's uh, podcast. It's a, it's a great listen. Thanks very much for your for your time, Andrew. And Thanks, um, we, we now need to go to work. <laughs> Appreciate it. Enjoy your uh, your day. Great. Thanks very Thanks much. Thanks so much. Bye bye. And that was Andrew Porter from WIP Sports Radio in Philly. 
just great fantastic. chat yeah great chat I, these are my favorite kind of podcasts when you just get guests that you never thought you'd get uh, <laughs> he, and, and this is the thing guys i know i know this isn't an essendon centric um, podcast but we, we absolutely love doing this is the reason why we started the podcast is to to talk to people like that who is a massive um a massive star in philly and a massive radio host over there um and scotty and i absolutely love doing this sort of stuff we hope it gives you a bit of an insight into um into philly and if you've never sort of followed them before start watching them start watching um the aussie band over there it's a it's a great team to follow because they are well and truly yeah. on the way up by far america's most exciting team I, oh. I, that's not even with my bias hat on you just no. watch them and it's the crowd and everything is just this, yeah. and, and this like you've been to one of the games i mean the crowd over there is insane i mean yeah. golden state are the are the team at the moment they're they're really they've got the big three over there they've got the hype they've got the championships to back it up but i, I really sincerely hope that philly do what we what we spoke about on there and not break up this team not give up mark uh, markel faults not get rid of tlc um not get rid of dario yeah and and actually just grow this club because they've got enough talent to do it you can bring in people like amir johnson and that sort of stuff to to give a bit of veteran um leadership to it but i really sincerely hope they can keep that four to five guys six guys even as a as a base and then chuck some some role players around it chuck some people that are going to come in and and complement so um it'll be an interesting two weeks ahead with free agencies oh hugely will be but and then having said that and mate if we can get paul george (laughs) we can get paul george for a decent number you you do you do think that way you go but if paul george did come oh my goodness (laughs) it's scary yeah Yeah, if Kawhi Leonard is half a chance (laughs) then yeah great you know i don't want lebron honestly i don't want lebron having said that if lebron says i'm I'm gonna nominate philly then yeah come on over target we'll have you but um i just Kawhi or or paul george for me just absolutely is cream on the top um but um, I, I really sincerely hope they keep this team because it's incredible to watch. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for this. It's a little bit one-off podcast. We yep. know it's not Essendon, but uh, it was just something that we love to do. So we don't really it's not too focused on getting maximum downloads or anything so this is just something no, we love to do this is a bit of a do. fun for us but we do got to get off to work yeah now. no it's it's like what is it it's it's 8.38am in the morning I've driven over to Scotty's place we've just done this podcast with a dude from the States and now we both have to go to work right now yes how sad is that uh, okay thanks everyone and you'll hear us tomorrow actually almost with uh for the Essendon fans with yes hopefully, indeed with hopefully Simon Madden as guest back to the lunchtime catch-up podcast this week with uh, yeah with Simon Madden again my favorite player of all time so we uh we'll see you then okay catch you guys bye